0: day morning to you hope it's off to a good start for you a little bit of rain a little drizzle around the area but clearing out for the day hope things are well for you and to that special special breed of you who had to brave I 35 through the Williamson County corridor from Georgetown through Round Rock this morning you have my dying respect and admiration because I was right there with you, hombres. Good morning. Welcome to Light the Tower. On the Horn, 104.9, 101.9, AM 1260. We're live, local, and digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. My name is Craig White. Glad to have you with us. Yes, Jeff Howell will be along shortly for, the, for uh, those on the Specs text line who ask, Hey, is Jeff back today? Yes, he is. He'll be with us uh, shortly here. And uh, glad to have you. Uh, oh boy! Somebody uh, texted in. Uh, who was it? Uh, texted on the Specs text line. This picture of Bucky Godbolt naked guarding. This is not, not, not good. Not, not, uh, not the way I wanted to start off my day. Well, this, this was hard enough driving down I thirty five. That uh, oh no that's not Bucky okay so that's 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 good still not good to see but at least it wasn't Bucky so that's good uh, our producer is Cameron Parker who is wearing the Tyler Sagan Dallas Stars jersey this morning in celebration of the Stars' game 7-2-1 win over the Seattle Kraken last night to advance to the NHL's Western Conference Finals how you doing Cam
1: you're damn right Craig I'm doing great baby that was uh, that was a tight the last nine minutes man no, it was nothing's like playoff hockey when they pull the goalie and you're just you're holding on for dear life but and they
0: score with 17 seconds left to make it 2-1 you they yep.
1: can they hold on for 17 more seconds yep and they did Jake yeah. Odinger Jake Godinger as some have been calling him this morning Craig uh and that's just uh that's just the second round we still got to play Las Vegas next week this week it's, it's going to be a really exciting Western Conference final second time in, in four years
0: my two favorite teams are in the final four in the NHL. You have the Dallas Stars in the West, you have the Carolina Hurricanes in the yeah. East. What I what I wouldn't love to see those two reach the Stanley Cup final. It'd be an awful lot of fun. Uh we'll see. But you're right. Uh Stanley Cup playoff hockey, game 7 hockey, there's nothing quite, especially if it gets to overtime. Yeah. Then cuz cuz it is truly sudden death. I mean, the season ends all of a sudden if that happens. So pretty cool. So uh, there's that. There's NBA uh, getting underway with uh, Nuggets and Lakers. I um, when growing up in North Carolina, like we said, there, there were different obviously um, uh, loyalties because there were no major pro sports teams uh, other than that brief time when the ABA was going around and was a you know the viable competitive league. To the NBA, and there was a team in my hometown, the Carolina Cougars. They, they played in Charlotte too. They also played uh, some. Uh, they played some home games in Charlotte, in Cam's hometown. This is before Cam was even around. Uh, but I went when I was a little kid and saw him play, and uh, it, it, it was pretty cool. And then, of course, they moved on to St. Louis, and then the league ended up falling like a couple of years later. But uh, the the loyalties. Other than that, the loyalties were varied. There were Celtics fans and uh there were there were some New York Knicks fans uh th- there were very few just very few Atlanta Hawks fans cuz Atlanta was the closest team Baltimore had a team at the time the Bullets before they moved to Washington and then actually won the NBA title the Washington Bullets with Dick Monacoaching coaching in the 70s and then uh and then changed their name obviously to the Wizards uh but um they, they there were there were scattered loyalties and I liked the Lakers in the late 60s, early 70s with uh, Jerry West and Will Chamberlain. Uh, Elgin Baylor, of course, retired the year the Lakers finally won uh, the uh, NBA title in 71-72. Uh, and, uh, and, and I like them. And I like those Knicks teams that were Walt Clyde Frazier and Willis Reed and Dave DeBuscher and Bill Bradley and Dick Barnett. I liked all those guys, uh, those teams uh, back then. And so you had all these different loyalties. But I but I really had kind of become a Showtime Lakers fan in the 80s. And I really liked those Pat Riley coach teams with Magic and Kareem and uh, Michael Cooper and Byron Scott, Norm Nixon before Byron Scott, Kurt Rambis, uh, all of those teams, uh, th- those, those ones in the 80s. So I liked those. And in the 80s, there were – several occasions, I'd have to go back and look at exactly, I'd say at least three times, maybe more, where they played the Denver Nuggets in the playoffs. Uh, Once I think in the Western Finals, the rest of the times I think they were in in, uh, conference semifinals or first round or whatever, and they always took out the Nuggets. Uh, The Nuggets, because the Nuggets never got to an NBA Finals. They got to an ABA Finals the last year of the ABA uh, when Larry Brown and Doug Moe were the coaches. There, Doug Bow was the assistant to Larry Brown. And uh, David Thompson, um, the great leaper and shooter that had come from North Carolina State, played uh, for the Nuggets. And uh, Bobby Jones, uh, you, had, you had several really good players. But they lost to the Nets with Dr. J, the then uh, New Jersey Nets. And that's the only time the Nuggets made a finals. And that was an ABA finals in last year. So they've never made an NBA finals. This is their best shot. And and even though, like I said, I was a, a Showtime Lakers fan back then, I'm not quite the Lakers fan that I was back then. I mean, I, I you know kind of follow them from, I'm a Mavericks fan. I became a Mavericks fan when the Mavericks came to being and I was in junior college and was working Mavericks games, that expansion year of 1980-81 when they were 15-67, and 67, when they had Brad Davis and Abdul Jelani and, you know, those guys. Um so I'd become a Mavericks fan. But it'll be interesting to see if the Nuggets can uh, take out the Lakers. Certainly they're the ones seeing their favored to do that. And then in the East, it's going to be a, a, a quite the battle there between the Heat and the Celtics. So we'll we'll keep eyes, obviously, on that. Uh, always pleased to be joined by my co-host, who had uh, very busy duties uh, throughout the course of the weekend. Those, look, I
2: haven't been here in a month. Both
0: personal and professional. And see, folks are excited Folks folks are, are, are excited to uh to to see him back. I appreciate that. Yeah. Uh so uh you know very welcome back, Jeff. Uh, Thank you, Cameron. Um and it's uh, the one and only uh Jeff Howe, Horns twenty four seven. Uh you know him best for his outstanding work at Horns twenty four seven, even though he's the pride of northwest Williamson County and a proud graduate.
2: And I got a treat for, for everybody if you go to Horns twenty four seven, show you kinda of the labor of love I've been working on over there yeah. all weekend. So, if you want to know about the Texas scholarship situation for football specifically, ba- basketball is easy to figure out. Yeah, uh, football though can be tedious. If you go go to Horns twenty four seven, just pull up the homepage. You go to the football recruiting tab, and under football recruiting, go to scholarship distribution. There's a nice table showing currently enrolled. Not you know, there's freshmen that haven't enrolled. There's two yeah. transfers that haven't enrolled. Shows you a nice table. Of all scholarship players, heights and weights have been updated through the spring, so spent my weekend doing that, my time off doing that. Wow. Also fixing the basketball. Uh, your ba- your basketball scholarship distribution is uh, of currently enrolled Longhorns. Well, let's just say there's just not a lot there on your basketball scholarship table Okay, for yeah. the coming year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, you got I, uh, Tyrese Hunter, Dylan Mitchell, Alex Enamekwe, Brock Cunningham, Dylan DeSue. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yep, and you'll add the transfers and whatnot. Right. uh, Also, getting ready, got making final some final arrangements to house because I'm not going back home because I'm headed to Houston after somebody
0: which answers one question on the specs text line. It said, uh, "Will either you guys be at the Texas fight tour stop tonight in Houston?" We'll talk
2: Texas fight tour. We got breaking news, boys. Can we have a uh, breaking breaking news news. here,
0: Cam? So uh, here we go with the uh, with the breaking news.
2: Yes. Start time for the Texas Alabama game has been announced.
0: 11 a.m. right?
2: Oh no, Craig! It's a Bama home game, so you know you're not dealing with Fox.
0: Oh, we got a prime timer, huh?
2: 6 p.m. local time, ESPN. Okay, good to know. A night game in Tuscaloosa,
0: followed by a, I believe, a 5:44 a.m. return flight home the next day for you.
2: Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I hate those things, man. That's where you just you you realize you get back to the hotel, you're like, oh, there's no point in sleeping.
0: And not only that, it's a five forty a.m. five forty four a.m. local time uh, takeoff from Birmingham, an hour east of Tuscaloosa. Actually, I, I think the hotel that I'll be at is in Birmingham. But e- but even so, it's uh, yeah, it'll be that kind of thing.
2: Get to, Craig gets that first class seat, so he gets to lay back a little bit on the flight home taking. Not down. often. In fact, especially <laughs> on this one, there
0: I think it's a couple of regional jets.
2: Oh my gosh, man.
0: Yeah. I That's think it's brutal. a couple of regional jet flights coming in. Because I think for that trip, that trip, I think you got a colleen departure in return for that one. I wow. I'm, I think I'm coming I think I'm going in and out of Colleen for that one.
2: Should I just fly in out of Atlanta and drive like the three hours? You could do that. I'm thinking that's going to be easier. Yeah,
1: yeah. See, if you fly into Tuscaloosa, you get to pass by the uh, Robert E. Lee uh, Memorial that they have. That's lovely on the side of the highway, mixed with the Confederate flags. Except that you can't fly into Tuscaloosa or Birmingham. Excuse me. Yeah, you fly in
0: the Birmingham. Birmingham, you can, but not Tuscaloosa. Here's a travel hint for those of you. Those, are, I'm just going to. I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to share this with you right now because I did look at this as an option, but it's not going to happen. It was just easier and uh, for those paying the tab, more economical, to go in and out of Birmingham. But now Jeff brought up, you know, you could fly to Atlanta and drive three hours. You could fly, uh, fly to Montgomery, and it's a little over two hours. Okay. Um, you could do that. Um, that's, that's a possibility. But then I might offer up to you Meridian, Mississippi.
2: I think we've had this conversation before.
0: You can fly uh, on United through Houston to Meridian. Okay. I think MEI would be your uh, airport key uh, uh, code there. Meridian, Mississippi. Meridian, you say, well, why would I want to fly to Mississippi. Meridian, remember, Tuscaloosa is an hour east of the Alabama-Mississippi state line. Meridian is is 30 miles west of the Alabama-Mississippi. So you're about 90 miles away. Okay. So that's a possibility. Just saying that, you can check into that, folks, if you want, in the Meridian-Mississippi on United, if you want to do that as well. That's that's a possibility there. But, I mean, I think folks will be flying into yeah, you've got- Montgomery, Atlanta, Birmingham, Huntsville. There's another possibility for you. Tulsa, uh, not Tulsa, Tulsa. Um, uh, was the other word I was uh, Chattanooga? You, you know, you could have, you could have a lot of different uh, the airports busy because of this one thing. Pensacola, you know, you could have uh, lots of uh, lots of different ones. Somebody else been in Huntsville, Nashville? Yep, absolutely.
2: Um, also, the uh, the Oklahoma game time has not been announced for that. I think. Well, no, it's either going to be eleven a.m. Yeah, or right. two thirty. It's going to be on ABC, no Fox for. So, yeah. wow, that means Gus Johnson and Joe Clyde have called their last Red River game. Yeah. T- that'll be an SEC game in 24.
0: Yeah, it will be. It will be, absolutely.
2: Which so. probably tells you I haven't seen all of it, but you know, up fronts are going on right now, and they're doing. Everybody's getting their TV schedule sorted out for the big games. Mm-hmm. My guess is that means probably Michigan Ohio State's going to be a Fox game.
0: Yeah, it makes all the sense that it would that that would be the case on that because obviously they're going to adhere themselves to uh, to the Big Ten there. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So that makes sense. Okay,
1: so uh, good to know. Jeff, you'll be there for the Alabama game, right? you know it. I will there be, too. So we can just do a remote show from uh, T-Town, baby, maybe that Friday.
0: (laughs) I don't think any of us are going to be in there in time to do it. That's true. My flight Friday morning is like a 6 a.m. through DFW getting into Birmingham around noon. I think it is like landing like at 11.55 or 12.02, something like that. So, yeah, that'll be a travel day.
2: That'll be a travel day. If you're just missing it, 6 p.m. local time will be the kickoff for Texas and Alabama. ESPN will be your television network.
0: There you go. Of
2: course, the best way to do it is turn it on ESPN, turn the volume down, just mute it, and listen to Craig, Roger, and Will call the game. From Bryant Denny Stadium, we'll look forward to that. That'll be another one to check off the list. Speaking of Bryant Denny Stadium, the uh, the notebook. I, I didn't know this announcement was coming down. The notebook's going to have some SEC flair, at least the first hour.
0: Yeah. Yes. Oh. Okay. All right. We'll we'll uh, look at that. CB reminding us all. First time Texas will have been there in 121 years. <laughs> 02 was the other
2: time. There, nineteen oh two. Yeah, you know. Uh, speaking of old r- old rivalries and old games, I love the fact that when the Texas OU rivalry started, Oklahoma wasn't even a state.
0: That's right; it was a territory.
2: Because so you see that UPI or AP Dateline, and it's Norm- Norman OT yes for Oklahoma Territory.
0: That's right, Oklahoma Territory. Uh, that was it. <laughs> if you if you look at that because they they weren't a state, um, but the year they became a state. Oh uh, seven. Aishen's Bar had been open eleven years.
2: <laughs> Dang, so they've been they've been cooking up That's good where we yard. Bird for the fried for a chicken,
0: minute. yeah, yeah. Eighteen ninety six. It's on the building. Um, and Jeff remembers Aishen's Bar from our our trip over there. So, uh, they're in Okarchi Oklahoma. Uh,
2: Rod Babers has a uh, has a good story about Eichen's too. Absolutely, which we told. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By the way, this I guess it was announced yesterday. Michigan, Ohio State's going to be on Fox.
0: Okay. Okay, uh, that that That's, makes perfect sense.
2: It's good, it's good. Everything's getting sorted out now in terms of your television partners and those, those big, huge games getting sorted out.
0: Yeah, uh, and, and figured that that would be coming because coming up at the end of uh, this year, academic and athletic school year, I should say. Oh, by the way, we had another uh, little breaking news thing here. 76ers have fired doc rivers how about that how about that you know let that 3-2 lead slip away against the celtics let it slip away in game six at home and then can't get it done in game seven and doc rivers fired
1: by the philadelphia 76ers did you catch what james harden said yesterday or the report about him that ramona shelburne dropped that harden would not play for doc rivers next year Well, now he won't, for sure. He
0: won't, won't for sure. So, uh, anyway, Bizarro Dale Dudley says, thank God for these better kickoff times last couple of years. Turned me into a day drinker. Well, that's that's what Fox would do to you, I guess, with those 11 a.m. big noon kickoff, those noon Eastern ones.
2: Seriously, that may be the best thing about Texas going to the SEC is you know the big noon option is, I, I guess, except for the trip to the big house. And yeah. the trip to Columbus. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, don't worry about it. Be, Those will be big noon games.
0: Yeah. Uh,
2: so, no, it, you're, you're not done with it. No.
0: Not not entirely, but for the most part. There will be a lot of Saturday night kickoffs there in SEC country. Yes. Uh, and there will be a, 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 a healthy that, amount man. of afternoon ones as well. But the morning ones will be rare that that, that happens. So it won't happen. What I started to say was – Um if you uh if 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 you keep in mind the fact that coming up in a few weeks will be the end of the 2022 2023 academic and athletic school year so you know at the conclusion of the softball and baseball and uh track men's and women's track and field and men's and women's tennis uh, at the end of – and and rowing's coming up into this month. At the end of those seasons, then, Jeff, we're looking for the first time straight on with full knowledge that there's one year left in the Big 12 and it's only that final year that's front of – there's no more. Well, at the completion of this year and then you get ready for the next year. Nope. That's it. When we get to the end of this, then it's just looking straight on at – one academic and athletic school year remaining as a member of the Big 12 Conference before they move into the SEC. And while legalize it is correct when he says several 11 a.m. starts in the SEC, that's true. That's very true. All you need to do is check with Vanderbilt and (laughs) Kentucky and, uh, you know, some of the Mississippi State. Mississippi State has a lot of 11 AM. Yeah, those... those The ones that are going to draw the higher ratings, the ones that are going to draw the contenders as well, and those things are going to be games that are kicking later in the day.
2: So Fox, Fox announced theirs yesterday. They're two kind of big preseason games, or they're two big additions to their lineup. I guess the featured selections for their lineup, if I can get my vocabulary right today. Michigan-Ohio State mm-hmm. is going to be at the big house. Mm-hmm. Uh, they also took Colorado at TCU on September second, mm-hmm. which there's going to be a lot of eyeballs. on Dion's Dion
0: debut.
2: Here's the four kind of the four selections ESPN slash ABC is highlighting. Sure. Uh, Sunday September third Labor Day weekend. How about a neutral site game? Another neutral site game. LSU and Florida State. Last year was in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. This year's going to be in Orlando. That's a six thirty kickoff. Okay. Mentioned the six o'clock kick for Texas at Alabama, and then TBD on the kick time. Texas o u in the Red River game and then on November fourth Notre Dame at Clemson those are the four kind of marquee e s p n hmm. ABC games okay okay
0: I'm curious to see how good that matchup will be between Notre Dame and Clemson get when they get to that as well but uh so there's there's the update on all of that sort of thing so glad uh uh, glad to know that. Cade
2: Klubnick uh, pulling the trigger for Clemson. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. Tied that in with your Westlake polo you're wearing today.
0: Uh, speaking of which, uh, it'll be in the next day or two. Um, we'll uh, we'll uh, actually uh, be talking a little bit of uh, Westlake football. The head coach will be dropping. Or, or we'll be visiting with him by phone. Nice. So. Uh, he said uh, when I got a chance to uh, visit with him the other uh, night at that uh, the high school uh, academic uh, the scholar athlete banquet, uh, we had a we had a nice conversation. So uh, we'll we'll do that as well. All right. Uh, things to get to on the program. Obviously, uh, we do have uh, a longer notebook coming up. Uh, we do have inconceivable. We've got some good, good items for inconceivable today. Uh, we have those as well. Uh, We have a Flex 30 update. Again, uh, we have a a few more of those times and places uh, nailed down on uh, baseball and softball matchups for the state playoffs this week. Regional round, the Sweet 16, if you will, for softball and uh, regional quarterfinals for baseball. For our good friend, and Jeffers become tight with him, MJ from Hearn. I've got good news for you with regard to your question good, good dude yesterday yeah he posed a question yesterday we've researched it and we have an answer that you're gonna like MJ so we're gonna get to that coming up all that and more when we continue with light the tower here on the horn 1049 1019 am 1260 we're live local and digital on the horn app and at hornfm.com Craig way and Jeff howe light the tower. You know, I, it, this has me wondering here because I was always a Talking Heads fan. So you got this one. I always liked this tune, and she was. Um, But I heard when I was pulling in, Ty Henderson hitting back with Psycho Killer. So is it the Talking Heads Tuesday? Is that what this is? I guess is? so. Maybe, okay. maybe
1: great minds just think alike. There
0: you go. Or at least your two minds anyway. No, no, that's that's true enough. All right uh it's time now for our first hour Longhorn notebook. Jeff Howe's Longhorn notebook
2: So we were talking about scheduling last segment mm-hmm. with the kick time for the Texas Alabama game and, and by the released. way, this
0: is the scheduling time of year to talk about scheduling NFL schedule last week it's the time of year to talk about scheduling right
2: Yes and real quick on the specs text line Bevo Lance Jason was asking about if Texas is playing on Black Friday or not they are the Texas Tech game will be on Black Friday
0: it is. That's um, already been announced. Yeah, mo-
2: probably most likely. Look for that to be an an eleven a.m. Fox kickoff. That's typically where that Black Friday game slots mm-hmm. in. Although some years was it maybe last year was an ABC game. Yeah, it's been
0: ABC. But the key word yeah. there, like you're talking about, is the eleven a.m. Yeah, it'll it'll uh-huh.
2: be it'll be in that t- in that window. Uh, but one thing I did want to talk about before all this got dropped on us this morning, uh, I wanted to talk about SEC scheduling because mm-hmm. something that. W- everybody that's a Texas fan will need to be cognizant of here coming up probably within the next two weeks. And May 30th start of the SEC meetings in Destin. so where the SEC holds their, their yeah. spring meetings. And it's expected that they're going to settle on a future scheduling model for football at those meetings. Now there's two models. If you get the horns 24 uh, seven, we lay this out basically, and I, I won't go through all the, the nuances here. But basically what the SEC is looking at are two different scheduling models. One would be kind of that divisionless format that people are going to, mm. nine conference games with three permanent opponents, that 3-6 model. Or it's a divisionless eight conference game model where you've got one permanent opponent, so the 1-7 model. Okay. Now my take has been... From the whole time, well, if you're not going to nine conference games, expanding to 16 teams, then, then what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Here's the thing, though, and I heard this from a pretty reliable source. Mm-hmm. I don't know that anybody, in terms of the SEC membership, the 16 members, the 14 current and two future, I don't know that anybody is dead set on eight or against eight, but those that... F- seem to lean towards a like it because it's that even split of for your conference schedule you know you're going to have four home games four road games would it surprise you Craig to know that based on what this person told me that the four schools that are very much in favor of a nine game schedule are Texas Oklahoma, Florida and Georgia Yep. because you'd have four home, four road and the one neutral your schedule's evenly set so it just depends on once everybody gets in the room which members are going to be up in arms? That well, some years you'll have five conference home games, some years you'll have four. It's just going to be that uneven scheduling. So,
0: I, I know this. It has been made abundantly clear by one SEC coach on being opposed to the eight game and wanting the nine game. He sits in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Yeah, Nick Saban has been not down with the nine game schedule. He wants the eight.
2: You like uh, He wants
0: that game with, with the Citadel and that's, or Western that's Carolina. That's really,
2: at the end of the day, what we're talking about. And, and if you look at Texas, correct me if I'm wrong, Craig. I know the last time Texas played an FCS team, it was Sam Houston in 2006. And I that believe the only reason that game was scheduled, if I'm remembering right. Here it comes. 2006 was the first year that the NCAA said, okay, everybody's playing 12 games because it used to be If you played in Hawaii or you played in one of those designated classic games, then you could get to 12. Some years you might even play 13 regular season games.
0: That's right. Ask BYU.
2: But then you would, once that 2006 season started, everybody's playing 12 regular season games. That is
0: the largest measure of the reason. You are correct. There's one other supplementary thing. Okay. Enlighten me, please. If I remember correctly, I could be wrong. It was one of two schools. I'm going to say it's this one specific one. But it was one of two schools backed out, and that one that I think backed out was Minnesota, coached by Tim Brewster.
2: That could have been it. I I remember them. why do I remember the Minnesota thing being Maryland got subbed in for Minnesota on the schedule.
0: Well, that was for the later ones during the Tom Herman era, right? But but but, but for was 06, Minnesota on
2: the schedule that early?
0: Uh, I I know there was at one point. When he was coaching Minnesota, that it was supposed to happen, and then it didn't. Also, that was supposed to happen at that time, and did not happen, was Cal, mm-hmm. and uh, Utah. Utah was going to be, uh, I think, a two for one, oh six, oh seven, oh eight, and that went away. And uh, so, and you know, it was one of those that got pulled out. Okay. Plus the addition of of the twelfth game by the NCA. So there was some scrambling, there was a replacement for whoever was supposed to be which one of those three. And then because so much had been concentrated on filling that void first and then, oh by the way, they only had a few weeks to get it together once the NCAA said, Okay, you got twelve Sam Houston stepped in.
2: And then a few years later, it was, okay, now we don't have 12 teams in the Big 12 anymore, so now we got yeah, yeah. <laughs> to rearrange everything yeah, yeah, yeah. else. So
0: it was, it was, I think it was a combination of those things at the time, but you are exactly correct in that Sam Houston was the late add-on once the NCAA cleared it. That was 2006. So that's been 17 years, it'll be this fall, since Texas has played an FCS opponent.
2: And Mac hated playing that game. Yeah. Did not want to play it. Did not want
0: to play it. I think it was fifty-six, nothing. But it, it didn't did not <laughs> want to play the game. It didn't just, yeah.
2: I remember his his Monday news conference. His <laughs> thoughts on the game was something along the lines of basically, and his, it was his way of saying, "Just get there, get it over with, and move on." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just be done. Absolutely. With it. So I don't really want to see Texas play. I mean, does anybody listen? Do you do you really want to see Texas play Prairie View? Or and no disrespect to Prairie View, or uh, I, I get confused now with everybody transitioning who's in the FCS, who's actually
0: well, I could name you some in in Stephen FBS at Boston. In, in the state of Texas, um, uh, Incarnate Word, okay.
2: uh, the,
0: yeah, yeah. I mean, well, with it's, all due respect yeah. to everybody
2: down at UIW, does anybody really want to see that game? Do you
0: want to see Southeastern Louisiana come in? I mean, you, you know, it's... Nichols or eh, no? Yeah, that, that, that's you know, so.
2: The only people that are happy about this are the Southland Conference because they might get another pay game.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) And and by the way, uh, you know, you don't want to wade too far into that pool and wind up scheduling, say, a North Dakota state. I'm looking at UK state. Remember that? Mm -hmm. Uh, App State. Yeah. Yeah, of course, they're D1. They're in the Sunbelt. But, I mean, North Dakota state – Remember, play K-State a few years yeah. ago and beat them.
2: Yeah, Iowa State always plays that game against Northern Iowa. I'm yeah. like, why, why would you do that?
0: That's an in-state political thing that happens. That doesn't shock me. That's that's what that is. that is. That whole deal is an in-state political thing.
2: Iowa year in and year out has the Iowa State, excuse me, year in and year out has the most underrated non-conference schedule in terms of how hard it is in the country. Because mm-hmm. you're going to play that game, that's a no-win situation for you playing Northern Iowa, mm-hmm. and that's a really good FCS team.
0: I have, I've had people up in Ames tell me they don't really, they almost don't have a say in it. Yeah. it it's they just have to play. And then it. you're
2: going to play that Cyhawk game against Iowa. Yep. Which yep, it's going to set the and game and then of they football play like a UNLV
0: years. or somebody like that, and and and. If depending on if they're playing Iowa at home, we know they're always playing Iowa State at home. They're not going to play. A, I mean, Northern, Northern Iowa. Iowa. They're not going to play Northern Iowa in the Unidome Dome in Cedar Falls. They're not doing that.
2: The house that Kurt Warner built.
0: Yes. So if they're playing Iowa at home, that's two home games, and then they'll travel like they did when they went to Vegas and, and played UNLV out there. So they'll travel for that other one. So you've got a very difficult game whether it's at home or on the road against Iowa you have that no-win situation with Northern Iowa and then if you're playing that Iowa game at home now you also have to travel on the road to play a game too so yes you're right I think I like how you put that uh, underratedly difficult
2: SFA's in the whack by the way Craig Didn't yeah but there's still
0: transition
2: so can you name all of the current the current full members full-fledged members of the Southland Conference? it's almost I'm impossible I'm to test, I'm test Craigs no no it. it's almost impossible to do it uh if you I, get half there's 10 if you get half of these I'll, I will give you full credit
0: I, I think I'm get half I think I can get half said my son up in class in kinesiology class for a test there no I I uh, no um let's see okay uh let me start with a wild card Houston Baptist Or Houston Houston Christian, Christian, HCU. Okay. All right. So you got that. By the way,
2: Texas fans, if if, if it's an eight-game scheduling model, be prepared for one of these schools to be Mm -hmm. your fourth non-conference game. Yeah,
0: yeah. And HCU does play football. So there you go. All right. So Mm -hmm. HCU. You already named a couple. Yeah, Southeastern Louisiana. You got Nichols State. Nichols. You got McNeese State. McNeese. Uh, You have Incarnate Word. U-I-W. How
2: about some? – Got no? a couple old stalwarts in there.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I started to guess one that's not going to be correct, so I'm not going to do it. Uh, so wait a minute. We're still talking Southland. Uh, I'm still largely thinking directional northwestern state. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's six. Uh, who else joined the Southland? Because
2: still got one that's been. Nah, there have been a transitional.
0: Yeah, they've been in and
2: out of the league a lot.
0: Yeah. Uh, see, because the other ones that I know, like like Tarleton, is whack now, right? Mm-hmm. Tarleton is whack. Uh, 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 UTRGV, which is establishing football, mm-hmm. is is whack.
2: You got a six of the ten, Craig. I'll give you, right. you full credit. Yeah, you got Lamar, New Orleans, yes. uh and m Commerce. See, it's
0: because it, New Orleans uh, doesn't play football, and AM Corpus. And Corpus didn't play football, mm-hmm. so no Speedo Aggies on the football field. So you don't have that. So what you have, so that removes those two. Lamar, yes, A and M played them last year, right? Didn't they play Lamar last year? I
2: think uh, or a year look before. At that. I know they've played Lamar. I don't know if it was last year.
0: Yeah, it was either last year or the year before they played Lamar. Okay, so uh, there's that. And and then what was the other one you said? Uh, there's a and Oh, Commerce, who is transitional, mm-hmm. is Commerce in in moving in that up from D2 to D1 status. So that's another one there. So you're right. I mean, that that would be probably the one that you would be looking at because that's the one that where they would be playing, paying the least amount of guarantee to because that's the one where they would just load up the bus and roll it on into Austin. There wouldn't be a charter flight involved. I mean, if we're if we're being real about this, yeah, uh, that, that's that's just how that that thing would have to work, and all of that would be under the eight game eight conference game model that Jeff was just talking about, as opposed to the nine game model where you really wouldn't have to worry. A and M played
2: Lamar in twenty nineteen. Wow, it's been that long. Yeah, pre COVID. Because COVID, it was a, it was a conference only schedule for the yep, SEC. Yeah. Right. Twenty twenty one. I just had this in front of me. Hang on just a sec. I'll tell you A&M. And see, I I don't know. Aggie fans, if you want to chime in on the Specs text line, feel free. I I can't imagine A&M fans get all that excited. Like, you're not conference schedule for A&M in 2021. Kent State, Colorado, New Mexico, and then in between at Ole Miss and at LSU, you hosted Prairie View.
0: Ding, 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 ding. There's your FCS because the other three were all D1. Now, they were G5, but they were still uh, D1 right? Weren't they all the three that you mm-hmm. named earlier? They were yeah. just G5 schools. And
2: then last year you had Sam Houston who was man, go look at that Sam Houston schedule last year because they were a transitional. Transitional. Yeah, Miami. Yeah. App State. Yep. And then UMass.
0: And, and UMass is G5. Uh, so. Sort of. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay. So there you are. That Sam was who I was thinking about when I said Lamar last year it was Sam. And I
2: do, uh, somebody did bring this up on the Specs text line, Craig. So this is a quote uh, apparently attributed to Nick Saban uh, on the nine game versus eight game. He mm-hmm. said, "Quote: When you increase the size of the league by fifteen percent, you've almost got to play more games to get a true indication of who's the best team in the league. We should come up with some format in the future where every player in the league gets an opportunity to play every team in the league. We've kind of had that in the past. This format wasn't won't this format excuse me this format won't necessarily give every player an opportunity to do that."
0: That's why he's saying that you're either all in with it or we do eight eight conference games.
2: So one of my Mac, my favorite Mac Brown ones. "You can't be a little bit pregnant; you can't
0: be partially pregnant." So you're either completely in on it and playing everybody in a rotation where everybody plays what it. Didn't and and, and again, uh, our our Aggie brethren who who listen to this program can can uh, provide some further illumination. But isn't it? Uh, they have still never been to athens uh, yeah to play a conference game they have still not been between the hedges and they've been they've I been in I'm the league sure. for 11 years now and and have not been to athens georgia have they even played georgia Did they played them at home? i don't think they played them at home i don't think they've played them at all i could be wrong about that if that's the case set me straight
2: I'm pulling it up. The uh, um, internet's cooperating okay. wonderfully right now. Okay. Uh somebody
0: said they played uh somebody said they went in twenty twenty one. Okay, thank you, legalize it.
2: Again, you know, twenty nineteen me... they played in Athens.
0: All right. Somebody said uh, legalize it's a twenty twenty one. It doesn't matter. They they have played them finally. But mm-hmm. it but it took almost a decade for them to get to that point. So, to Nick Saban's point and thank you. He said or 2019, yeah. One game in 12 years. Yeah. That's 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 the thing.
2: Because uh, I think it, I think the deal if I, um, that I'm remembering was based on Texas's non-conference schedule because they had the non-conference schedule yep. with Georgia that Texas yep. would play Georgia again before A&M would play Georgia again.
0: Yes. That's right. That's right. So, um so again, rolling it back to Nick Saban's philosophy on this deal, you're either completely in and everybody plays everybody and it rotates through, or you don't. You don't even. You don't make a half-hearted effort. You're just going to go ahead and stick with your eight-game model. That's what I'd heard him say too. You, 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 I, what the soundbite I heard him say was, "Well, if you can't play everybody, you might as well just stick with the eight-game model." That's the soundbite I heard on back. But it, may, and I don't know if it was in that same media session or a different one, but it was a very similar type thing. So, anybody know why in 1950
2: Georgia and Texas A and M would have played a game in College Park, Maryland?
0: <laughs> that could be any number of reasons. It could be,
2: and then they played in Dallas in 1953.
0: Okay, the the Dallas one makes
2: sense. The Athens college... in 54.
0: Okay, that makes sense too.
2: Athens in 1980. Oh. Aggie fans, you forget how bad those Tom Wilson years were. Uh, that was a forty-two nothing loss mm. for the Aggies. I got you. And then how about this? The two thousand nine, two thousand nine. That would have been the Independence Bowl. Mm-hmm. Mike Sherman led Texas A and M against Mark Richt in Georgia. That's right. That's right. That did happen.
0: Yeah. So, uh, as legalized, it said, a kid can go to school for five years and not visit every stadium or even play every team." Um, Toward that end, I can tell folks this, that I know that on the future, this will only affect the University of Texas one time, next spring. On the future Big 12 baseball schedule, the...
2: Oh, yeah, because...
0: Yeah. yeah. From what I understand, this is going to be the plan, is that the Big 12 is going to go to... For baseball, a ten series format, okay, because you're going to have 13 baseball playing institutions next Ugh. year. You've got 13, okay, so they're going to play 30 conference games. I think that's a good thing. Okay, yeah. all right, 30 conference games, uh, and you're you're going to play 10 conference series, and you and so you're going to play 10 of the 12 other teams that play baseball. And then it will rotate, supposedly, so that the plan is that every Big 12 school will have played every other Big 12 school at least one time in two years. Now, that clearly won't apply to Texas and Oklahoma because right. they only have one year yep. left in the league, and and we'll see what that's like in the swan song next year for, for those two schools. But the plan is to, I uh, think, play 10 conference series and, uh, and then uh, out of the 13 playing baseball. So you play out of 12 conference opponents, you would play 10, and then the two you didn't play, you would play the next year. And it would rotate it around so that you got to play everybody in your league Uh, At least every other year.
2: So here's my question for you, and I don't know if you've heard anything on this. I I haven't – I've got some knowledge of SEC football and kind of Mm -hmm. what that – at least what the discussions might look like when everybody's in the room. Have you heard anything about this upcoming season, so the 23-24 athletic year, for Big 12 basketball and then that – when Texas gets into the SEC, what SEC baseball would look like? Cam, do we have the sound
0: effect of crickets? Because that's it okay. on basketball. <laughs> crickets, the most mysterious cloak and dagger uh, type of this goes conversation that goes for men's that and goes on basketball, right? Is basketball okay. men's and women's? Why you ask? It's all about television because the four-letter network and then the other networks are, are, are literally, literally, they go through several months of. Uh, yeah, we like that matchup. No, 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 wait. Or can we move that matchup to a Sunday? Can we move that to 7 o'clock? Can we move it forward to 1 o'clock because we've got an over... This goes on for months. Months. and And so that's why... Conference basketball schedules don't get really nailed down. And as a result, full-on basketball schedules don't get fully nailed down until September.
2: So we don't even know the number of conference games that are going to be played in this one year with 14 Big 12 teams. Don't even know that. Don't even know that. Sounds lovely.
0: Yeah. So that – because the television networks – uh, baseball has more of a plan than, than basketball because baseball doesn't have a lot of nationally televised games mm-hmm. in the Big 12. In, in the SEC, you've got SEC network and things like that. But uh, that's literally what happens. There's, there's, there's a few months of, yeah, we want that. We want that. No, 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 no. wait, wait, let's move that. That goes on. I've, I've had it explained to me that it's maddening for coaches and athletic directors I got you. to get to get a firm grasp on it because of what the networks are doing with it. That's why.
2: Uh, next Longhorn Notebook, we'll talk a little NBA draft combine because there's some Longhorn-related stuff coming out of there. Okay.
0: And up next, we have Inconceivable, speaking of such things like Big 12 basketball scheduling. When we continue with light the Tower on the Horn, 104.91019, AM 1260, live, local, and digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com.
2: Inconceivable. Inconceivable 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 you keep using the word I don't think it means what you think it means
0: okay on we go uh Doing a lot of talk about traveling and scheduling, Man Bebo Lance Jason said the original Big Twelve schedule model ideally was the best. The downside was that the two best teams weren't always in the championship game. That's true. So there you are. This is the, the deal when they were talking about. It. So Georgia's never been to College Station. That was yeah. That, well, that was the other deal when I was talking about have they played. They have not played in College Station. Okay. Um, we had a couple of different things. Uh, one was. Uh, Something that my brother sent me, and he just sent me a little while ago, and you know, sometimes things are just out and out clickbait, and other times you just have to go ahead and read it to find out. Uh, this takes place in Anderson South, uh, Anderson County, South Carolina. That's in the upstate part of the state, up there near Anderson, in the not far from the Greenville-Spartanburg mm-hmm. area. The headline, my friend, is as follows: Two arrested after cocaine falls out of a rubber pregnancy belly. Yeah. It's one way to hide it. Uh Uh-huh. Authorities in upstate South Carolina got quite the surprise during a recent traffic stop. Anderson County Sheriff's Office says deputies initiated a traffic traffic stop along I-85 when the department's Special Investigative Division and Directed Patrol Unit were conducting proactive Patrol, Don't you know we all like that, right? Proactive patrol. The deputies pulled over two people, driver Anthony Miller and Samika Mitchum. Authorities say the first red flag began when the two gave conflicting information regarding Mitchum's due date. Get okay. your
2: story straight. Get your
0: story straight. Then the sheriff's office said in an online press release as it became more apparent that the deputies were becoming more, super, uh, more suspicious. Mitchum took off running... And very quickly, drugs fell from the fake rubber stomach. <laughs> deputies The collected, fake
2: rubber stomach.
0: Yep. The deputies collected more than 1,500 grams of cocaine from the traffic stop, and Miller and Mitchum are facing trafficking cocaine charges.
2: 1,500 grams, that a lot. I'm not very familiar with the weight of
0: cocaine. I guess it is. I'm not, I'm not sure about that. Um, Okay. Uh, if anybody
2: that's ever danced with the white lady wants to chime in on the specs text line you'll be completely anonymous okay
0: let's <laughs> let's let's go from one inconceivable police arrest story to another one this took place in Denver and it happened on Saturday night
2: does it involve marijuana
0: no okay it does involve intoxication and it involves a dog okay dog get wasted nope The dog was sober. Colorado police arrested a man on Saturday night who was allegedly driving while intoxicated and got lost. When approached by police, the man who was in the driver's seat tried to switch places with his dog, who was in the passenger seat. (laughs) That was great. (laughs) This started around 11:30 Saturday night. Driver was allegedly caught speeding. He's doing 52 and a 30. Police stopped the driver, and as they started to approach the vehicle, the officer said they watched the driver try to switch places with the dog who's in the passenger seat. Police said the man got out of the passenger side of the vehicle and claimed he was not driving. (laughs) The officer said the man showed clear signs of intoxication, and when they asked him about how much alcohol consumed, the man then just took off running. He was apprehended less than 20 yeah. yards away you tried was. to go baker mayfield on him, and they just ran him. you're down.
2: a real piece of work if you're going to try to pin that on your dog on
0: oh, a dog uh he was driving from uh, Los animas to pueblo got lost in springfield the man had two active warrants for his arrest out of pueblo well, once he was medically cleared he was booked into the baca county jail he was also charged we driving under the influence of alcohol and or drugs, driving while ability impaired, driving under suspension, speeding 20 to 24 miles per hour over, and resisting arrest. Could you not also put a crime in there at a charge for trying to blame a dog for it's driving cruelty, the car? Son. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what, what what is he saying that I wasn't driving? Oh, the dog was driving? Really? I like to, Is I, that why the dog was doing 52 in a 35? I like The to pretend, dog was driving?
2: I like to envision animals doing human-like things, but that's taking it to another level. That's
0: why I said that. I knew you like, would enjoy that. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Uh, he was driving. Not me. He was driving. Uh, so, got another dog story for you. Um, this happened in England. The highest mountain in England, in case you're wondering... Is three thousand two hundred and nine feet. That is not quite half as tall as, say, Guadalupe Peak in Texas. It's it's not that high amount, but it does have a rocky terrain to go up there. And a thirteen person rescue team had to go up and rescue an injured and exhausted dog from the uh, the mountain. According to the rescuers, 73 pound dog got to a point where it refused to move from Scaffold Peak in the Lake District National Park. Uh,
2: he, Sounds like my dog on a daily basis. He, he refused got tied, to move. Yeah,
0: and they and so what they did, you can see the dog in there. They put the dog on a stretcher and and put and brought the dog down there. Uh, it's not the first time rescuers have had to help a dog back down the mountain. In July 2020, a 121-pound St. Bernard named Daisy needed saving after showing signs of pain in her rear legs and refusing to move. You know, dogs get to a point where it's like, I'm not going any further. Yeah. If, if it means I'm dying here, I'm doing dying. Happened to me, um, driving back from North Carolina, had my two sons with me, said Andy and Jason. I knew I was low on gas. I was trying to uh, make it to, wait for it, Gerald. That was her first mistake. Yeah, well I should have stopped in Salado. And I got just south of Saledo. Got down near the Prairie Dell exit and I ran out. So I got off the road and we go back around to the service road. Well we've got the dog with us. He was at the time, I think about five miniature schnauzer, and we start walking, it's gonna be about a mile walk back. Mm -hmm. So you know, my sons are in great shape. I'm in good enough shape, even in the dead of summer. It's
2: a mile. It's to not, walk a
0: mile. I can do a mile. It's not
2: great, but it's So we're walking, terrible,
0: yeah. and then all of a sudden, one of my sons goes, Dad, look. And I turn around, and there's the dog. He just sat down. And he goes, I'm not doing this. <laughs> I've had enough. I had to pick him up and carry him. And we got some help from a good Samaritan and went on that. But the dogs, they get to a point where, like, I ain't going no further. My, I, uh, I die, I die.
2: My 13-year-old Lab is very much at that point where she's, uh, her excursion days are over. She's... Got two She's very more th- much an inside dog at this point.
0: Uh, got two more items here. One, we're all familiar with the phrase Taco Tuesday, right? Yep. It's Taco Tuesday. Today is Tuesday.
2: And we don't discriminate. It could be Breakfast Taco Tuesday. Right. If want it to be. Well,
0: Taco Bell. Those aren't real tacos. Well, they've had enough of having to pay for use of the phrase Taco Tuesday. They're enough fighting enough to cancel the, the trademark. You know who owns the trademark on Does Taco Doesn't LeBron own it? No. Taco John's. What? The place there in Kansas? What did I think
2: on the trademark for Taco Tuesday? <laughs> I don't know. I'm not you, sure, I think he but... tried
0: to file one. Did yeah. he? Okay. okay. Thank you, Cam, for well, saving me Well, Taco there. John's in the Midwest owns the Taco Tuesday trademark. And they're saying, hey, 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 this should be freely available to all who make, sell, eat, and celebrate tacos. They're like, yeah, nice try. Said, uh, Taco Johns, we own the trademark on it, and we're going to protect it at all costs. And finally, the other thing we got: um, youth baseball game yesterday. No, it wasn't an angry parent. No, it wasn't an angry umpire. It was an umpire who pulled a child out of a dust devil. That's right, a dust devil. A kid goes to the bat, and as he goes to bat. A dust devil
2: Hold up a stirs yeah, up. All right, all right,
0: all right, let's see if this, if this starts again. Um, and, oh, I, here we go. It's, it's about to start again. And... Okay. All right, here it is. So you see the kid. Oh, dang. It's the catcher. And he's just swallowed up by the dust storm. And the umpire reaches in and grabs him and pulls him out. And pulls him to safety. And then the dust devil moves on to that if you haven't seen the dust devil the whirlwind you you know that's it looks like a little bitty dusty tornado it was in florida of all places and it happened on sunday and somebody said well it saved his life might be going a bit far to say saved his life but the kid said he felt like he was there for 10 minutes even though as you saw he was there about six seconds but he got him out, so that was a good thing there.
2: Can Cam, you were right. LeBron in the fall of 2019 tried to trademark Taco Tuesday.
0: Did he really? Yes. All right. Taco Johns owns that. And we have hour number two coming up Light the Tower on the Horn.